0: Hi, welcome to Taupod from St. Mary's, Marston, Mortain and Liddington. A weekly gospel message with a thoughtful sermon. Enjoy. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near, at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, through weak human words, give us grace to hear your true and living word, Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. So uh, ages ago, I remember Ronnie's sister, Helen, was telling her when her niece, um, Lizzie, was very little, that she'd been chewing what she called her Jesus book in the church. And a rather disapproving lady had looked very surprised when Ronnie's sister had explained very simply She's just digesting the word. (laughs) And I, I think that's what we're called to do today, but in a much more grown up way. The Bible, of course, isn't just one book. It's a whole library of books, 60 plus, specially gathered into one volume as an account of God's action in the world and his purpose with all of creation. And that's maybe why it's not such a good idea to start at the beginning and read to the end, which I did do once. This is the book through which the psalmist said, what God has done will be praised from one generation to the next. They will proclaim his mighty acts. And which, like Timothy, he says, is God-breathed and is useful for teaching for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient and equipped for every good work. Now, the Bible is a storehouse of wonderful stories and characters for children and adults. Remember Noah in the ark, Joseph's coat of many colors, Daniel in the lion's den, Jonah and the whale. If I can say it properly, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the fire. Moses leading the people of Israel out of Egypt, the Exodus. And as we read the stories of these characters, we can learn from their mistakes and ultimately learn of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus himself. And it's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue the one he loves. The story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. How he invaded this present evil age with the kingdom of God so we can enjoy the blessings of his reign now in part until the kingdom comes in fullness when he returns or when we die. As it said in our Gospel, the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. One of the mistakes I think we can make, I'd like to argue, is to think that the Old Testament doesn't kind of really matter. I used to think that. That it's all about the New Testament and so neglect it. But Paul wrote to the Romans, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And in fact, the Bible for the early Christians was the Hebrew Old Testament, and they kept quoting it. It is ours too. You can walk with Moses and learn about leadership, you can walk with David and see how he relates to his boss being an enemy. You can see how Daniel handled living in a culture that was hostile to God, like lions. You can watch Joseph wrestling with broken family relationships, deeply broken, and forgiveness. You can admire Esther using influence and power to save her people. You can see how Mary undoes the mistake of Eve. You can see how to handle being your own worst enemy from Peter. There's so much. The Bible is also, though, not just something to kind of see mistakes and learn from. It's a treasury of insight as to who we actually are. As we read it and let God's word dwell in us, over time, it takes time, We come to understand our true identity. Like Cinderella, you know, she didn't know her true identity until the end of the story. We are sons and daughters of the king. And so we can live out of that when we fully understand that. And it's worked its magic spiritually in us. We are the fearfully and wonderfully made creatures of a God who loves us and gives us a purpose and a destiny. There are so many texts that tell us that, and so I'm going to read through a few now, and feel free to add in your own name, if you wish, as I read some of them. God formed me, Andrew, in the womb. Psalm 139. God made me in his own image, Genesis. God has called, fill in the blank, me by name, Isaiah 43. God has counted every hair on, fill in the blank, head. God loves me with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31. While I, Andrew, you, were still a sinner, Christ died for him or for her. Romans 5. When I, Andrew, you, me, are broken-hearted, the Lord is close by. Psalm 38. Nothing can separate from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Romans 8. One day, God will wipe away every tear from my eyes. Surely I will dwell in God's house forever and ever. Psalm 23. And the word of God in the Bible calls us to heartfelt repentance, as it did the people who wept when they heard God's word, as you'll see on your sheets in our first reading. It's worth reading. And it assures us of the joy of forgiveness, even as they were invited to celebrate with joy as they received the assurance of God's mercy and love. The Bible is a refuge in times of trouble, like our tower probably was, people in pain, in suffering, in prison, in mourning, tell how they turned to the Bible and found strength there in desperate hours. I overcame a big hurdle in my life just by reading John's first letter over and over again over a period of months. That was all I did. It was that simple. I remember once in the chaplaincy around Christmas time, a Chinese girl came in to us and she was holding one of the Bibles that we'd placed in their rooms for them. And um, she took the Bible and she showed us the Bible and she said, I think God's speaking to me. And she turned to this page in the Old Testament and I began to read. And it was full of some of the passages, you know, about war or, you know, whatever it is, people being killed. And I was quite desperate and I sort of, prayed a quick arrow prayer. Lord, you know, what is it she's showing me? <laughs> and then I came to something about giving to God. I said, well, because she was puzzled, I said, is this, is this the bit? Is this what you think God's saying to you? She said, yes. I said, what do you think he's saying to you? She said, I think he wants me to give myself to him. And so Yan Yan, who was our Chinese chaplain and could speak the language, and spent half an hour talking to her and praying with her. She came out of our prayer room a new Christian. She went on to study the Bible with a Chinese lecturer in the university. God spoke to her through the Bible so powerfully that she was led to leave her room and come and talk to strangers and ask for guidance. The Bible tells us all about God's dealings with people, but more than that, it tells us about God himself, and his love for us. The God to whom in our thanksgiving prayer, prayer F, which we use sometimes, we pray, though we chose the path of rebellion, you would not abandon your own. Again and again, you drew us into your covenant of grace. You gave your people the law and taught us by your prophets to look for your reign of justice, mercy, and peace. The God who, as John wrote, So loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Offering life so full of good things. So allow me to challenge you and myself. Do you possess a Bible? Do you read it regularly, perhaps with some published Bible notes to help you understand? Or do you use online an app like Lexio 365 or Sacred Space? Do you pray through its pages? Do you read it in the morning, expecting God to speak to you and guide you through your day? Is it pristine on a shelf? Or is it well-leafed, searched through, and battered with a lived-in look? Is it the first thing thrown in your case when you go away? Would you choose to take it to your desert island? Is it the script that you live by and that you live in? Is it your story? Do you chat with people about what you find there? And is it a gift beyond price that you would like to give to others in every place and every language? Let us be those who take the Bible in reverent hands and in awesome expectation, saying, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. You have the words of eternal life. Thanks for listening to TowerPod. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like it, please subscribe and share with a friend. Have a good week and see you next time. God bless.